Now I just crossed a million on Instagram, what, 7.3 million on TikTok. And I'm like, okay, life is different. I never asked for this, but I was posting the videos and people, the response, the feedback was, oh, I love seeing you with your daughter. It's making my day during these dark times. I'm like, okay, I'm bringing value to you. Let me make sure I post every single day. Jada, okay. let's go stunt. Hour a day. We, she would get a new skill. I'll post a new video. 10,000 followers. 100,000 followers later. 300,000 followers later. Somebody was like, hey, you should start a TikTok account. I was like, no. TikTok is trash. Like, it's just little kids <laughs> twerking and stuff. You know what I mean? So then, after a while, I was like, let me just go ahead and open it. Posted a video. Didn't think anything of it. Then somebody texted me. They were like, you're going viral on TikTok. I'll open it. I'm like, I'm at a million followers in one night on TikTok. I'm like, hey, forget Instagram. I'm going to TikTok. Right. Went to TikTok. Start posting, posting, posting viral 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 and let me add just one random piece here what's up family thank you for tuning in to the dream nation podcast my name is casanova i'll be your host and i'm excited to be bringing to you entrepreneurs thought leaders and trailblazers from around the world stay locked in with us because we're about to go on a journey that will change your life What's up, Dream Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Dream Nation podcast. And I tell you, this conversation is one that I'm I'm excited about all the conversations. Why? Because it gives me an opportunity to be able to build relationships, but also be able to go deeper into the minds of some of the greats that's trailblazing in our path today. So today I got on the show my brother, Mr. Roland Pollard. Roland, you want to go ahead and say what's up to Dream Nation? Dream Nation, what's up? I'm excited to be here. Uh, We had a quick chat before uh, we went live, and I'm excited to get to share my story. I got a little bit about your background, Casanova's background, and I'm ready to uh, put it all out there on the table, answer some questions, throw whatever at me. I'll answer it honestly. I'm a very transparent person, so we can take it as far as you want to take it, okay? Absolutely, man. So let's start out with the first thing is everybody knows you now, just right when you was walking in here, right? So she was like, oh my God, how do I know you, right? And it's social media. So talk to me about, let's take it all the way back because now you got millions of followers. You and your daughter are trailblazing, doing something that very few fathers and daughters are doing. But let's take it all the way back. Were you always an outgoing guy? Were you always the, a trailblazer in terms of media, or what did that look like? Uh, if you go back to high school, yeah. I guess, I've always been the type where you tell me I can't do it, I'm going to go do it. So I sought after to do things that, and, you know, as black males in America, we get put into a box, right. you know? And so I've always wanted to navigate outside of that box, break all the glass ceilings, do things that black men aren't really doing. Uh, so I would, I did bodybuilding just randomly. Then I moved on to competitive cheerleading randomly and then just took that into i cheered at tyler junior college uh got all my skills there and then i took it back home to mckinney well i'm from plano but uh, i worked at a cheer gym in mckinney after college and that's where i had a monopoly so then i learned how to build a business there then i built another business on the side and so i've just always gone on this journey to be different uh but it hasn't always been more so you know trailblazing yeah it's been more so about finding my own path I, i was a weird kid in high school because I was just finding myself. I didn't find myself until what? Probably 23, 24. I'm still finding myself now. Um, But I'm learning who I am and I'm learning how much favor I have. And I want to make sure that with everything I do, I do it 1000%. It's not any, you know, my my main focus isn't just being the, the, African-American male living in America doing something different. That's I'm past that. It's more so about, okay, 
I'm given this set of tools, resources. I'm given this set of this life. What am I going to do with it? Okay, because to waste that away would be a disservice. And I fear that. I love it. I love it. So let's take it back even further, though, because you said I always wanted to do something different, right? I always wanted to create my own path. Where do you think that came from? Like, were you, was it you weren't exposed to enough? Because I know for me, when I was growing up, for example, like, I always knew that I had big dreams. Like, growing up, it was VH1's The Fabulous Life Of, right? If you ever seen that TV show, yeah. that was my thing. So when I saw these big yachts, I saw these big houses, me growing up south side of Chicago, I was like, yo, like, how do I even obtain anything like that? How do I even be in the room with people that had that so for you did you feel like it was a lack of or what was it would like how did you get to like yo i want to do bodybuilding yo i want to do wrestling what gave you that motivation uh i was raised by a single mother of two and she was told that a woman cannot raise a man and let alone a single woman cannot raise a man so i wanted to show the world that yes a single mother can't raise a man and i wanted to make my mom proud and I got in trouble a lot. I made a lot of mistakes. I uh, learned from them, thankfully. Um, but at the end of the day, my mom is proud of me. She's proud of wherever I am in life, and that fulfills me right there. So that was my main purpose. Make sure my mom knows that she did a good job raising a a man, bringing a man into, or a boy into a man, essentially, yeah. because my dad wasn't really in the picture. Um, and now I'm a father myself. So now I'm going into this blindly. And, the way I perceive it is out of sight, out of mind. If you're talking about the BH1 stuff, you know, MTV Cribs, like people right. showing their homes. I never, I was from Texarkana, Texas, a little country town, and we didn't have all that there. So whenever I saw that, it was just so far-fetched that I'm just like, okay, cool. But then whenever we moved to Plano, I'm like, people are actually doing that. You right. know what I mean? So culture shock whenever we moved to Plano, I was the only black person in my school at uh, in elementary and I was like, okay, this is weird. Like, I'm the only black person. So now there's a, a target on me. Right. Now I got to be not that token black guy, but there's a lot of eyes on me. A lot of people, I said the word boo-boo in, uh, what, I don't know, fifth grade. And somebody <laughs> was like, boo-boo. They were like, do only black people say that? And I was ready to fight. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Right. You know what I mean? Because in my eyes, that was like a very ignorant, almost racist statement. Right. But I had never experienced that. But now I just realized people just don't know the culture. So I've always walked through life ever since then, fifth grade, uh, just not really walking on eggshells, but making sure that if I'm going to be in a place where I'm uh, less than represented, a little underrepresented, if you will, uh, I'm going to make sure that I show up as my best self and show up to where I want to leave a good taste in someone else's mouth. Okay. Uh, More specifically, white people, because where I came from, we're in Plano, there weren't a lot of black people. So if they're going to look at me to uh, if I'm your only source of knowledge for uh, an African-American male, I want to make sure that I'm doing my part into leaving a good taste in your mouth. I love it, man. You know, it's so funny because you said uh, you didn't have a father growing up. And obviously I shared that part of mine as well. Um, and one of the quotes that always sticks out for me is, you know, and I first heard this in social media probably like three years ago. And it said, if I didn't come from a wealthy family, a wealthy family must come from me. Right. And so I was like, man, I love that. And but then I took it even deeper because I wanted something that really resonated with me. And it was like, if I didn't come from a loving father, a loving father must come from me. And so that's one of the things that I pride myself on. Anybody who watches, who knows me, if you have a conversation within five minutes, uh, you'll hear something about my kids. So I love that about you. Let's take it and let's talk about how you decided that you wanted to bring your daughter into the social media world. I didn't want to. You didn't want to? Because no. this is real interesting because no. for a lot of us, we're trying to keep our kids off of technology. 
Yeah. Right? We're trying to say no because my son is back. Can I get a TikTok account? My daughter's watching it. Can I get a TikTok account? And then I'm like, nah, but for you, you was like, no, we gonna build her a brand. Talk to me about the mindset and bring it back because you say you didn't want it. Like, what was the deciding factor for you to start putting her in these videos? Well, if you go back to whenever I said I coached in McKinney after college, uh-huh. I had a monopoly. I was the only stunt coach and I was healthy and shape fit, uh, highly motivated, uh, uh, fresh out of college with all the knowledge in the world. And so I did stunt and tumble privates with younger girls, getting them ready for high school cheer, college cheer, uh, high performing uh, club cheer, all star, we call it. And out of nowhere, you know, I would always post videos whenever my girls got skills pre pandemic. So I always had videos on my social channels, but it was of girls that I coached. Right. God blessed me with the daughter, beautiful daughter. Uh, then during the pandemic, we happened to, you know, my business was going well with my cheerleading music production company. And so we moved, we bought a larger house because Jaden took up all the space there. The house had really high ceilings, 19, 20 foot ceilings. So whenever the pandemic happened, I had a baby girl, nothing to do. I had no work. I was fearful of the future, but I don't like to drown in my sorrows. I'm going to make the best out of whatever. So instead of posting videos of my girls at the gym, I started stunning with my daughter at home. Uh, Plenty of room to do so. Uh, Then we started posting videos of her getting new skills, new skills. And then people started following. And then I jumped up to 10K. And I will never forget, after a while of doing social media, my uncle was like, hey, you're almost at 50K. I was like, yeah, but I want 100K. I will never forget that. Now I just cross a million on Instagram, what, 7.3 million on TikTok. And I'm like, okay, life is different. I never asked for this, but I was posting the videos and people, the response, I, the feedback was, oh, I love seeing you with your daughter. It's making my day during these dark times. I'm like, okay, I'm bringing value to you. Let me make sure I post every single day. Jada, okay. let's go stunt, hour a day, teaching her stunts. We, she would get a new skill, I'll post a new video. 10,000 followers. 100,000 followers later, 300,000 followers later, somebody was like, hey, you should start a TikTok account. I was like, no, TikTok is trash. Like, it's just little kids <laughs> twerking and stuff. You know what I mean? So then after a while, I was like, let me just go ahead and open it, posted a video, didn't think anything of it. Then somebody texted me. They were like, you're going viral on TikTok. I'll open it. I'm like, I'm at a million followers in one night on TikTok. I'm like, hey, forget Instagram. I'm going to TikTok. Right. Went to TikTok, start posting, 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 um, viral, viral, viral. And let me add just one random piece here. There's a friend of mine, we still keep in touch, but he told me, hey, if I were you, I would just take my 15 minutes of fame and then just go on about my life. Like verbatim, he said, I will take my 15 minutes of fame and then just get back to whatever I was doing before because it doesn't last forever. Right. And I was like, you know what? I like to go against the grain. Let me see if you're right. Let me test that theory. So I went viral again and again and again and again and again. And then I found a strategy to where I can go viral anytime I want, okay? I'm still going viral right now due to a strategy that I still use today, which is leveraging the hate. Huh. Let's talk about that because I've seen somewhere where you talked about um, there's a lot of dark times for you, right? And we'll get into those definitely. But I see one point you had talked about you didn't know if you wanted to continue to post them, right? Because it was like, oh, what if your daughter, you know, gets hurt, breaks her neck, whatever else. And so you were at a point where you were just like, maybe this ain't it, right? Because this is the dark side that nobody talks about. Walk me through, like, how did that one give me a specific like one of those times that it happened and two 
where did you find the courage to really just keep going with it? Was it Jaden saying, nah, dad, I, I still want to get on social media. Like, let's make this stunt. And you like, nah, like, I'm going to hold off for a little bit. Or what was that like? Jaden is more so out of sight, out of mind. Okay. She knows that people will talk mess, but for Do example, you ever let her see comments and things yeah, like that? Yeah, I'll let her read every single comment. Okay. Um, but for example, I'm going to just open a random video yeah. and just find a comment. I bet you I can find a comment. Um, okay, so I'll never let you hit the ground. I said, I'll say that in a video. Yeah, I've seen it. How do you know you're not going to, what if she hits the ground? She won't. Oh, you're so, you're such a narcissist. I know someone just like you. She's going to grow up hating you. I'm like, what are you getting at? I'm a trained professional at partner stunting. I know everything that I need to know about safety. I'm not going to drop my, and she's my own flesh and blood. Right, like, right. Why would I drop my daughter? Like, well, what if you do? You're going to drop her one day. No, I'm not. Because if we do a stunt to where I don't feel comfortable, we're going to get a spotter. But if we need a spotter, we probably shouldn't be throwing that stunt either way. Even if we do have a spotter, I'm still going to catch my daughter. You know what I mean? I tell my spotter, don't touch my stunt because I don't need you. It's just more so for peace of mind for my daughter. Right. But she knows daddy is going to catch her no matter what. She may bump my shoulder. She may hurt her arm a little bit, get a little bruised up, banged up. But it's better than hitting the ground. She's not hitting the ground. Okay. Right. So a lot of hate. If I go through my comments, it's going to be does she really want to do this it looks like you're forcing her what if she doesn't want to do cheer uh why are you forcing her to cheer my daughter doesn't cheer she does gymnastics by choice she doesn't want to cheer she said daddy i don't want to cheer i want to do gymnastics so she's been in what competitive gy gymnastics for what three four years now killing it absolutely crushing it people online i okay here's how I benefit off they don't i don't give them enough information to have mm -hmm. a standpoint to have a any basis to lay down a foundation of any premise you know right you can't say anything and be confident because someone will say no oh, why do you force her in a cheer do you know that my daughter doesn't cheer no okay why are we talking about this i'm social media is a game of chess to me mm. i'm always three steps ahead and that's what i've learned so to go back to answer your question three years ago people saying oh you're gonna drop her oh you're so uh such a forcing parent you're like joe jackson you're like whatever oh she's gonna hate you growing up it got to me where I was going crazy. I'm like, I don't want to go viral. I don't want this following because I didn't ask for the following. I just posted and then people started following. Right. So I never asked to go viral. I didn't want that. I had 5,000 followers. I was kicking it, you know? And then 5,000 turned into 500,000. And then the, all the positivity turned into a lot of hate and positivity at the same time. I didn't know how to navigate the hate. Right. Like if you go from living a happy life and then to having 500,000 followers or people just yelling at you who don't truly know the situation, it hurts, truly right. hurts. But now I'm at a point where you can't tell me anything I've never heard before. And I've matured to the point where I know, okay, you're coming from a point of ignorance and I have all the leverage because I strategically make my videos to where you are missing information. But if you want to put your opinion, I'm going to pin your comment and we're going to have a chat. Really, we're not going to chat. My followers are going to have the conversation for me because there are people who understand my lifestyle. Hopefully by now you brought me into your podcast. Very thankful for that. Thank you very much. But you wouldn't bring me on if you thought I was a trash human being. Right. But then again, you came into this not knowing who I really am, but you have just some, there's just something in your head that maybe he's genuine about something. Let me have a chat with him. So a lot of people don't do that. They just put their own narrative and go run with it. Okay. Right. But the hate was hard at first. Now I leverage it. I love it. And I think it's to that point. I think one of the best quotes that we've all heard in life, right, is hurt people, hurt people. people. 
right? And I think that that's really what it is. A lot of the times, whether it's envy, right? Because somebody else knows that they have a star on their hands. Every child could potentially be a star, whatever he or she wants, right? But are you showcasing it in that way? And are you giving them the support in that way, right? So that might be in robotics. That might be in basketball. That might be in cheer and gymnastics, whatever it is. But I think that that's where a lot of people are hurt because they look at what you're doing and they see that they have that same opportunity to do it. So it becomes envy. And now, of course, social media allows anybody to be able to say whatever they want, especially because they're- Private profiles. Right? Yeah. All of these things. You can't even mention them back. Like, this, like, oh. <laughs> you can't even uh, get them back. So it's just like, yes. Right. They, they, they're like, oh, well, you made this public so I can say what's on my mind. Hey, say what's on your mind. Boost my engagement. Go for it. But you can't hurt my feelings at this right. point. So, but- I, I love it. Now, let me ask though, just for somebody else that's thinking about it, because a lot of people get these hate comments, right? And I'll be honest, for even me, for CJ, CJ is very good in basketball, um, but he puts a lot of time, a lot of work in, right? But for him, like he's asked for, now he just got social media. He's 12 this year. He just got a phone, just got social media. And he's a very responsible kid, but I have been a little fearful, right? Because for him, you, once you get the social media, I don't care how old you are, you get exposed to a lot of stuff. And for somebody else that's out there that's listening at this and they're saying, okay, how do I navigate? Give me some tips on how I don't let this get to me. But two, if my child is, like, how old is Jaden? Uh, seven and a half. Seven and a half. So let's say my child is 13 and we're doing things together, right? How do I then protect their mind and help build their foundation? So one, not only does it get to me, but two, more importantly, it doesn't get to them. So on your first part, it's a matter of is what they're saying based off actual knowledge? Is what they're saying true? Yes or no? If it's no, forget about it. No publicity is bad publicity, okay? If you want to comment on my page, leave one negative comment. My, my routine is pin it to the top. And let's just see what the public has to say about it. That one comment turns into 300 comments. Now your post is getting boosted. And now people are following you now because they actually genuinely see what's going on. So if you want to hate on me or someone wants to hate on you, go leverage it. If someone wants to leave a hate comment on your page, use it to your advantage. Okay. Boost that engagement for free. Have an open conversation and then catch them in the act of being ignorant. Okay. Step number one. Step number two, if you have a child who I fear my daughter getting social media because she's going to get so much backlash for what she does. And I see it with older girls, Gabby Butler, for instance, she's a very well-known competitive cheerleader. Every single thing she does is scrutinized for whatever reason. Some people don't like her. She lives her life. I don't want my daughter to deal with that. At some point, you just got to let go and say, hey, you're old enough now. You want social media? Go get it. But understand that this is going to happen. Understand that by to whom much is given, much is expected. Yeah. Um, so the second you get social media, the second someone sees you uh, slipping up at a gymnastics competition, you're going to receive hate. But help them navigate through those times. If Jaden receives hate, I don't want to see my daughter crying one day, but I know it's going to happen. Someone's going to bully her for whatever reason. I'm, I'm ready to have that conversation with her. Okay, I'm ready to. But then again, that's why I let her read the comments. Happy comments, negative comments. Happy comments, negative comments. And I want her to get exposed to it early on so she's not blindsided whenever she's older. Right. With, with just negativity. Okay, most of it is positive. But what happens when you get that negative comment? How are you going? What conversation are you going to have with your child? Okay, so my question to you is, if you don't mind, how would you navigate around that, navigate through that with your child? Let's say he does, he's 12 years old and got a TikTok. What if he experiences hate bullying? What is your plan of attack? 
Yeah, so for me, uh, one of the best uh, videos that I've ever seen, uh, for me personally, was with Bryce Young, and uh, I can't remember what podcast that it was, but Bryce Young is not a quarterback for Carolina Panthers. He was the quarterback for Alabama, and so I really listened to that, and I've always been very inspired by black men who obviously have raised their their boys into men, and so... uh, I I had that, but I'll tell you, the premise that I got from that was know who you are, right? And so CJ and I have had lots of conversations, which is the reason why he has social media, is know who you are at the end of the day. Know who you are and know what you stand for, right? Those are the two things that you always have to come back to because just like they said, 15 minutes of fame, however you want to say it, some people are able to make it last to an hour. Some people only may may be able to keep it at 15 minutes or five minutes, but whatever it is, you got to understand that there's always going to be highs and lows there's always going to be rain and there's going to be sun but you got to ask yourself at the end of the day am i willing to weather the storm because nothing stays up forever but nothing stays down forever either so as long as you know who you are at the end of the day it'll all come back to you the other thing that i live by is i always say the reason why i've been so blessed i got the access everything else is because my luck is a sure thing because i'm living right right and so that's a a quote from drake song but every time i hear that i'm like that's exactly what it is for me so as long as you got the integrity as long as you build the relationships at the end of the day doesn't matter especially those people who doesn't who don't know you but in the beginning everybody starts off as strangers but unfortunately many of those people um won't support you right at the end of the day but those who will support you will make it feel like that you got the world at your your palms right so what i'm saying is let's say that you even just like you said you got a million followers but on these comments, you got 5,000 comments, maybe 500 of them are bad. Yeah, those 500 can't out, out, outweigh or outlast the 4,500, right, that are good. So know who you are, know what you stand for, and love on the people who are going to love on you. Because at the end of the day, once you give them a taste of who you are, you'll be good. And yeah. so that's what I do. Know thyself. I have that in my phone, in my notes page. Just a random, powerful quote. Know thyself. Another really good quote I have. The simplest thing ever from a book I always read. Do the thing and you will have the thing. Hmm. Off topic, but something so short and sweet is so powerful. Um, but on your, what you're saying is, okay, What there's something that I heard the other day. Uh, it said, you train people how to treat you. Yeah. So people know by now, you come onto my page talking nonsense, you're going to get treated in this fashion. You're going to get uh, attacked. But on the lines of that, I have a post going viral right now. 7.2 million uh, likes on the post. There's a negative comment that's pinned with 100,000 likes. That 100,000 likes is peanuts to the 7 million that agree. So you gotta think of it in ratios. Mm-hmm. If you have a lot of people hating on you, you probably have 10 times at least more people supporting you. Right. And down the line, as people see who you really are, you have less of the hate and more of the support. And then you can go back to just having, this. I'm all about community. Yeah. I'm all about good vibes. I don't want my page to be negative. I told people that a long time ago, hey, I'm done commenting on these posts. If you want to go comment, go for it. Like, just go attack them. And then I was like, you know, I don't even want that. Like, I I don't even want you attacking people. Just be respectful to them. Even if they're hating on me, be respectful. Come to them with respect, okay? Because the one in control over the other's emotions is the puppeteer. And you can make them dance, okay? So I can make people dance on my page. You can make me negative, I got you. I have more knowledge than you, okay? I'm strategizing, I'm two steps ahead. But just because you're the puppeteer doesn't mean you should be pulling on the strings, okay? At some point, you gotta say it's not even worth to pull the strings. But you just have to sit there and know that you are the puppeteer, you have the power. I love it. That's kind of dark. That's very dark, but it's <laughs> it's the reality. It's it's one of those things to keep it one hundred that a lot of people do know. They just don't want to say. 
Yeah. Right? You know when you're Facebook, and, and especially if you run, a lot of people try to run media accounts and things like that, and you kind of know at the end of the day, it is kind of dark, but it's the thing, I think more darkness needs to come out, right? And, and be in the light, and more people have to speak whatever their truth is, um, and that's why I love that you're on here doing that. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of risk, right? Because I think the conversation is definitely uh, just getting good, but I listened to uh, one of your podcasts, and you had talked about all of the video equipment, all of the everything that you've bought. So I want to talk about, for you, have you always been somebody that you knew that you were a creator? Because being a bodybuilder, doing wrestling, being a cheer coach, there's lots of them. People can identify with that. But but it seems like you've always had the other side of it where you say, not only am I going to do the thing so I can have the thing, but I'm also going to showcase the thing. Talk to me about that and like the risk that you took early on at trying to produce music around cheer and everything. Like, did you go out and get a loan on that? Did you, how did that all come about? And I asked this question because there's a lot of people right now that they're doing the thing, but they're trying to figure out how do they turn whatever they're doing into media. And so where did that come from for you and how did you take off with it? I've always been extremely creative and fearless. And the fearlessness, I've just recently understood that that came from ignorance, being just completely naive to my surroundings, like just being blissfully unaware that, hey, you look dumb, but you look courageous at the same time, but you still look dumb. You know what I mean? So I didn't have that perception in my head until recently, but I've always been creative. And my mom told me something years ago. I'll break down one thing in a second, but she told me in her kitchen, let me, I got to start here. Yeah. One day I was living with my mom and she was like, you need to go get a W-2 job, a job with benefits because she's type A, straight municipal government, type A, doesn't even cuss. She don't, I know she cusses probably, but she doesn't do it around me. Uh, she won't drink around me, but I know she drinks wine with her friends because they told me on the golf trip. Anyway, uh, so like my mama tries to shelter me, you know what I mean? And make sure that her baby boy is good, is safe and secure. I don't care about all that. Like I don't, I love, I overdraft, I'm a financial planner and I overdraft my account every month because I love living life on the edge. I wanna feel like everything's about to be taken away from me. I don't keep money in my account um, because I wanna feel like I gotta go get it because my mm -hmm. biggest fear is not uh, providing for my family. Almost off topic, but let me give you a little bit more from the beginning, the origin. One day I was living with my mom and I told her, mama, I wanna do cheer music. Someday somebody's gonna pay me for cheer music. She was like, okay, honey. She was like, all right. She didn't tell me no, but I know that in her head, she was thinking, no, you need a real job. Like, you're not about to pay bills with cheer. Right. These are cheerleading. One day I came back with a hundred or $800 check and I showed it to her. She was like, what's this? I was like, this is from coaching cheer and from, uh, from doing cheer music. Somebody, somebody's paying me $50 to do their music. And she was like, okay. So then, but in her head, she was like, but is this sustainable? And I was like, you know what? Instead of saying yes and having this whole conversation, let me just go do it again. Yeah. So I did it again. Boom. 800 turned into 1500 boom and then it got to the point where i had enough saved up i was like mom i'm moving out on my own she didn't want me to move out at that point she was like oh i'm nervous because you're going out on this journey she's not an entrepreneur she's not about to risk it for the biscuit because why risk it whenever you can have everything just w2 nothing wrong with that that's not my personality i love living life on the edge and i know how to go get it okay i know how to go figure it out i like figuring things out it makes life worthwhile it makes it fun okay so after a while, my business partner, a guy that I cheered with in college, we started a production company. We went all in. We went in, I bought a $2,300 microphone, the one that you heard about. And with that microphone, I created over a million dollars in revenue, millions of dollars probably, off a $2,300 mic. 
started with that in a MacBook Pro in a small little bitty keyboard. But that's all I needed right. to create and build a business. So I bootstrapped it. And if you're an entrepreneur or someone looking to uh, go create a business, you can go take out a loan. I didn't want to do that because I really couldn't get approved for much, but I had money saved up. I've always been a good saver, mainly because I didn't grow up with money like that. So I wanted to save all my money. I was doing privates, but I was working so much to where I didn't even have time to spend my money. You know what I mean? Right. Um, now that I have time to spend my money, I just spend it on golf. You know what I mean? But back then I was like, no, I got to just wake up, go back to work, mix all in the morning and then go up to the gym, do stunt. Uh, uh, tumbling privates in the evening, save all that cash in a blue chase bag, count my 20s at night, like boom, okay, I'm at 5,000. Okay, if I do this again, I can be at 6,000 in two weeks. So boom, I'll just go work, get some, boom, 6,000, six turn to 10, 10 turn to 20, whatever. And then I lost it all because I broke my leg in a motorcycle accident right here, snapped this smooth off. Yeah, it's, it's bad, still hurts to this day. But uh, at some point in time, I'm getting too off topic, but at some point in time, my wife lost her job and I had to really double down on myself. And it's like, Hey, either you go all in on yourself or you just wither away and your family's going to suffer. So I doubled down. I stopped coaching at the gym and I did music full time. I had my $2,300 microphone. We had the, the best vocals, crispiest vocals in the cheer game. And we're black first, the only black cheer music production company in the entire industry and we had an advantage because the other cultures wanted our style the hip-hop soft style the harmonies and the vocals whatever so we had an advantage there so the $50 mixes turned into $300 mixes 300 turned into 900 900 turned into 1650 and then at some point we were like hey let's just see what happens um the the thing about uh business ownership or entrepreneurship you don't have a cap to your income so you name your price as long as you can back it up but i had a y'all I was reading a book last week and it said, I have the quote written down, but the the person giving the product, you can get people hooked on your product, almost like a drug. And then no matter what, the next season, because that's how it works seasonal. You get music every single year, new music, because yeah. you have a new team. And the next year, you can just charge more. They're going to pay it because they it's like the iPhone. You. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's capitalism. Like, right. Okay? So we live in a capitalistic society. At some point we were like, hey, forget it. Let's go, let's charge $4,000 a mix. People were like, all right, let's get four teams. And we were like, what is happening? What is going on? So I realized that you set your own value, okay? The valuation of your product comes from you, not the outside world, okay? Kind of because it needs to be worth it for them to pay it. Uh, but I learned that early on and then I just took it and ran with it. My product got better, I invested more. We bought a camera with that camera. We would post high quality pictures of our studio sessions. We would do this and that. Uh, I started post, I went, my first time ever going viral was whenever I had a Sony A1 with 135 millimeter 1.8, posted the craziest video, super crispy. I had my road mic strapped to me, uh, myself and my daughter, just full blown production quality. And people responded well to it. Oh, that looks like 8K camera. Oh, where do you get all this? So they started following for camera advice. You know what I mean? So I was like, okay, let me build a business off that. And then after a while, I would make more money with social media. We got a manager. We started doing brand partnerships and I would use those brand partnerships to reinvest in my media business. So then I bought lighting. I bought another, uh, a B cam because you can do more with two cameras. Right. You can uh, fine tune things, fine tune things with lighting. Uh, I would use that not only for home videos to post on social media and grow up following, but I would use it for my cheer music production company. But then we took it a step ahead and or a step further and then started going out on location, shooting videos for our clients, highlight reels, 
You know what I mean? So then that turned into a whole nother industry and a whole nother source of income all off that one microphone that I bought that I generated income from and bought the camera that I generated income from and bought another camera that I generated income from. That is bootstrapping in a nutshell, okay? I just talked a lot. Yeah, I love it. I love it, man. That's uh, There's a lot of things <laughs> that I definitely want to unpack there. So first off, the whole cheer music thing, and, and, and educate me on this. When you say cheer music, like what type of music, like, because I don't know, my daughter's not in cheer as of yet. She is in gymnastics. So what type of music are you creating with this? Uh, so for example, I have a team, Weber State Wildcats. Okay. They were going for a five P. And so each routine has a tumbling section, a stunt section, a pyramid section where they all stunt together, uh, another tumbling section, and then like a jump section, a flipping section. And then they do it. They always end with the dance. Okay. So my goal is to Weber State Wildcats. Uh, they were going for uh, 5P two years ago. We're going for an 8P next year. Still winning. Anyway, shout out to Weber State University. Coldest cheer team in the nation. We just made history. Is that where uh, Damian Lillard went? I don't know. Did da- I feel like Dan went to... Purple? Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. That's yeah. my biggest they- client. Gotcha, all right. And uh, now I only really do cheer music for them because they're going for this 8P. We're just going to keep riding it out. Uh, but they got grand national champs in this year at in Daytona. So I made history. So I technically retired. I was like, hey, I've done everything I needed to do, but I'll still rock with Weaver. But uh, for example, so I bring vocalists in and we write and record. We So for Weaver's dance, uh, we had like a... And then we said, I brought Jade in, one of my favorite female vocalists. And she just comes in and she knows I'm crazy. I just talk really fast. And I'm like, Jade, say this. And I was like, okay, they're going for five. And we got to end with the bang. So we said five six seven eight one back to back and that was two came back and got that three pete what you mad at me bo why this is five cats i just got goosebumps and we were in there we fly out every year to daytona and they said this is five cats and like the crowd went crazy they won their division yet again got their five pete next year we went back for six so i just get creative with yeah okay wildcats I'm a wild cat with a big scrap to the dick, tat, da, da, dick, tat, da, da. you know what I mean? Like just rhyme. Yeah. Like, so I'm very creative in that aspect, but going back to what I was saying, my mom told me a quote from Oprah Winfrey, you never run out of creativity. Hmm. So I take that. I will, I will always have a job because I will always have creativity because I am a firm believer that you will never run out of creativity. Yeah. You know what I mean? So with my true music production company, we have different genres. We have a hip hop section, we have a ballad section, a rock section, a really singy section, a very high energy section, and a dance section in every single routine. I was doing a hundred plus mixes a year at some point, making the most money I've ever had in my entire life. Completely miserable because I was chasing money and chasing accolades. I wanted to take it further, but then I'm a people pleaser, so I didn't want to say no to people. If you start a business, you got to know when to say no because right. that can just ruin everything, can, can crumble if you say yes to everything. But it's not a bad position to be in whenever you can say no to people okay but that's when you raise your prices choose the clientele you want and grow with them okay um did i kind of explain the cheer music thing yeah yeah, i think you did uh yes so let me ask this because obviously you've always been a high achiever you got a high motor how long have you been with your wife nine years we were celebrating nine years of marriage or we did in may of this year gotcha that's what's up man congratulations um so nine years obviously through the thick of things of your of you building your career was your wife when you when you had your accident were you with your wife at that point maybe yep. not married but were we you had with just her? gotten married we were freshly married uh, we got married in may i wrecked my motorcycle in july two months later 
Wow. And we thought I was out of there because she just got a phone call from the hospital saying that your husband was in a really bad motorcycle accident and he's in the hospital with his leg snapped in half. And so imagine that call when I was uh, I was coming home from Tyler, Texas, coaching out in Tyler, making ends meet. I would drive out on Monday, come Monday night, go back to Dallas, drive back out Tuesday morning because I didn't want to pay for a hotel, come all the way back two hours home. Uh, and then one day I decided to take my motorcycle and I shouldn't have done it. My, my mama told me don't take it. Stephanie said, don't take your motorcycle. I did. I drove all the way down and I came back at night. And then it was like, I don't know, I was 45 minutes from home and I'm on I-20 just going like 80, 90. And then I passed an ambulance and I saw somebody in the back of the ambulance. So I was like, hey, let me slow down a little bit. So then I coasted home being smart, but then I was wearing my dark visor, almost like sunglasses at night because I took it during the day when the sun was out. And I was like, dang, I didn't bring my clear visor. So I'm just out riding in pitch black dark out of nowhere. I'm almost home. I turn on a 635. I take the exit off George Bush on a 635. Out of nowhere, I hit a pothole. I didn't even see it. Flew over my bike, snapped my leg. My bike was done. I'm laying there in the street. I try to get up. I look at my leg. There's a bone sticking out. I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing it. But I had a little Wayne playing in my ears. So I was like, all right, let me just vibe out here in the street. I hear cars. I'm like, oh, I'm about to get hit. Let me just close my eyes, whatever. Out of nowhere, a lady stops and she comes to help me. She's like, I'm a nurse. She was like, your leg is broken. I was like, I know. And she was like, I was, she was like, I'm going to call the ambulance, whatever, whatever. Her husband rode a bike as well. So he moved my bike out the way. She called the ambulance. They put me in there, and then I saw my mom at the hospital pour down. I just started right. crying. She told me not to take it. All of this work she did to get me to where I was, I almost just ruined my entire life off of one bad decision. So, where was I going with that? Yeah, we were freshly, what, two months married and almost died in this accident. It, was bad. it wasn't that bad, but it could have been way worse because I was wearing a helmet, thankfully, but my helmet, if I wasn't wearing one, we would not be talking today. Like it was down to the core. I had two black eyes. I cracked something in here. It was crazy. So I learned to not take life for granted. And I learned to quit doing dumb stuff, like taking a motorcycle out. Um, have you, but, wrote, have you rode a bike since then? Yep. Got another bike after that. Got I another fixed that bike. bike. Boom. And then I got another bike, a Ducati 1098S. And then my buddy laid that down in front of my house. I was like, yeah, it's time to get rid of that thing. That's a death machine. So I made the mature decision to get rid of bikes and get a fast car because I can, I'm more protected in a fast car. I still have a need for speed, um, but I have a family who needs me here. Right. We have life insurance to where if I'm not here, they're good. But while we're here, you know what I mean? I want to make sure that I'm making the most responsible decisions for my family. So I let go of my childish ways in many areas. That's what's up. So yeah, where I, where I was going with that was um, as you, I think one of the things that a lot of people balance with, right? When you have somebody that's a high D, right? A driver, right? Is on the other side, what was Stephanie, your wife, like? Like, was she working with you? Is she a high D as well? No. Was there times where you was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to be able to keep my career and keep my marriage because we're young on in it and we got young kids. Like, what was that like? Uh, going back to whenever I was doing 90 hour work weeks, making the most ever, but I was miserable. I had a newborn baby girl and Jaden, and we, I had no time with my daughter as she was growing up because I was always working, 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 working. My relationship suffered. I didn't have much relationship with my daughter because I never saw her because I was always working 16 hour days, seven days a week, pretty much. Um, and then it got to the point where what's more important, money or your family, your marriage, because whenever you're working, you're not pouring into your spouse. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. 
Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. As you should. You're not giving them the love that they not only deserve, but the love that you owe them, okay? And I say you owe them just because you decided to take them off the market. She's out here just following me blindly, whatever I'm doing, you know what I mean? Because our livelihood all relies on what I do, the decisions I make. So I gotta be smart with my decisions. So she's just out here following me blindly. Um, I, I owe it to her. My daughter didn't even ask to be here. My son didn't ask to be here. Uh, I asked her to be my wife, yeah, but she didn't have to say yes. So since she said yes, I took her off the market. I said, hey, you're rolling with me. Give her the best life you can. My kids didn't ask to be here. They definitely didn't ask to be here. Uh, definitely not Jax, but um, they were both planned, by the way. But uh, I, we brought them into this earth. We owe them everything we can provide for them, okay? But it's not just money. It's not just the material things. It's the time. It's the, how are you pouring into your children? I poured into my daughter. Our bond is stunting. That's how we bond. It's not me forcing her. That's just what we do. We've done it since she was two years old. My son, we go to the pool every day, teaching him how to swim. He's doing his backstroke. He just learned how to float yesterday. I'm pouring into them. At the end of the day, I we read our books. You know what I mean? We played Xbox. I gave him a controller to where he thought he was driving. He was happy. You know what I mean? We bonded. Uh, but back in the day, I wouldn't have that time because I would prioritize work. But the hard work-life balance is you need to make money. You need to pour into your family. But the more you pour into your family, the less money you're going to make. So where that is the, you know what I'm talking about? That is yeah. the, 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 I guess the, the puzzle. That is the riddle. Yeah. That is the riddle. So what was your, was, is, would you say that that was part of the reason why you incorporated your family, mainly your daughter, but you know, you have videos with your son as well. Is that one of the reasons why you said, Hey, then I don't have to split because if I could bring my daughter in, you, would you say in the back of your mind that that's ever crossed your mind? No, I can't say that. Just because that is, there's a different motive behind that. Uh -huh. That's more so, it's just what we do. I have a daughter. Everyone knew if I had a daughter, she was going to be a really good flyer. And But it's never been about this is how I, you know, I learn down the line. That's how we bond. But that really, but we... For example, going to the arcade every single week. If she does well with her stunt videos, we would always go to the arcade immediately after. Go play, go take her for ice cream. That's more so like the time that we spent together. The stunting, that hour long, no. That was just, hey, let me teach you something. Let's teach you discipline. Let's push the limits. And people are watching us post online and it got to the point where we were stunting only to post. And then that's when I realized my motives were off mm -hmm. because initially I just wanted to pour into my daughter and just teach her things. And then it came like a full-time job. Oh, we're awake. Let's go make a stunt video to post online because people want to watch it. And then at some point it just got forced. And I was like, okay, let me pull back from that. Let's actually rekindle our relationship. Let's actually focus on what really matters, which is me pouring into you, not from a stunting standpoint, but just from a time standpoint, we could just be doing a walk to the park. We could go swimming. We could go to the arcade, whatever it is, go climb something, go hiking. I love hiking. I love the outdoors. Um, but Jaden loves doing whatever I do, but more so that's where I'm focused on now. Okay. I don't care about money because we have our finances set up in a certain way to where I'm, I can do, I can spend the time with my family that I want. Um, and that is more valuable than money, but it hasn't always been like that. Gosh. And the motives have not always been right. The motive used to be money, 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 money. But now the motive is time, 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 time. I love it. Because that's more valuable in the long run. Your money will always be there. Hmm. So now, 
one of the things that and i always like to make sure that we can give actionable because there's somebody that's watching this right now or listening to this right now and they're like okay i get it but where was the thing you said i pulled back i could see that it was starting to be forced so was it a book was it you and your wife getting into it was your daughter just maybe showing a different type of emotion one day when you go do it and you like hey you got to get this under control rolling yeah. like what was the sign for you um crying in the stunt videos mm. At the beginning, it was crying because she was frustrated. But I'm a very much so. Hey, we're gonna get it till we get the right person. I still am today. But you gotta know, I was pushing her too hard. It was like she maybe someday she didn't want to stunt, but we were only stunting. I didn't even want to stunt, but we had to post a video for social media because I was like one video a day, get a hundred thousand views before noon, then go on about life. And we would do that every single day. But there were days when I didn't want to stunt. She definitely didn't want to stunt, and we would do it anyway. And then it kind of just deteriorated our relationship with stunting. You know it the association became stressful it's a job it's something that's just not fun it's just almost unbearable and then i found a way to pull back and then make it more fun again so it was all feedback from my daughter looking at old videos as i'm trimming them for social media i would look at this where i was too hard on her there or i could have there's a lot of growth that you do as a man down the line mainly after you have children don't maybe you got to just pull back and not say what's on your mind i was saying what was on my mind like Jaden, what are you doing why would you do that like what if you just said hey it's okay go again hmm. be more kind be more uh nurturing yes empathetic being more just aware of their emotions versus the task at hand which is to get a stunt video to post on a post on social media um i learned a lot i've grown a lot over the past three years uh not only in my what drives me but more so what fulfills me and my relationship with my daughter and communication with my daughter, my son, and my wife. Really, people in general. Yeah, I love that. And, and I think that's so important, I think, for all parents out there is because, one, you got to be aware, you got to be cognizant of it. But two, I think there's a lot of pressure when you see someone who has talent that you look at something like Malcolm Gladwell, right, where you talk about 10,000 hours, right, and everything you turn, everywhere you turn, it's motivation, right? It's like, oh, you gotta go through the grind, David Goggins, you gotta go through the grind. But then you look at it, and and even let's, let's use for your example, you got um, Kobe and, G, and Gigi, right? And it was that Mamba mentality. And so I guess my question is, in that moment, is it an intuition, is it a gut of saying, hey, I get it that that's what they did, but my daughter isn't that daughter or my son isn't that son. Because as you speak that, it's like, you were like, hey, we were stunting every day. But then you know that like, you gotta be able to go through the hard days, right? And mm -hmm. is there an age where you're like, okay, if she was 14, we would maybe do it, but she's only six. Or is it a maybe like, doesn't matter what they do I gotta go off of my intuition because this is my seed and my relationship with her or him is more important than whatever the result could be on the back end and if it happens it happens but if it doesn't I gotta focus on the right now you gotta uh, I, I truly believe that there's no good age but how with the given age how do you put it in a comprehensible way they need to be able to comprehend what you're saying and if I'm saying Jaden be more hollow. Okay, she probably doesn't know what hollow means. But there's somebody, let, me, let me push back on that, because there's some people out there that would say, and I think I've even heard you say it, right? I'm not 100% sure, but like I've always talked, I'm pretty sure you said, I've always talked to my daughter like she was an adult. Yes. Right? Yes. So, and I got one of like my best friends, shout out to Fog, but I got one of my best friends uh, back home, and he's he has a daughter, she's now two, almost three, and he talks to her like she's grown. So you said she's gotta be able to comprehend right but then you'll say um you know i'll talk to her like she's grown so how do you balance that of understanding when she's comprehending or if she, she'll get it she's got to hear it enough association 
two things. I'll say, be hollow, like a banana. And then she knows that her body needs to be in the shape like a banana. And then I'll have her recite, okay, say hollow as your own hollow. Hollow, I'm hollow. So you know what hollow is, okay? Now show me hollow front versus hollow back. So front banana, back banana. So now we started off with like banana, banana, but I would always say hollow. So she associates banana with being hollow. Okay, Okay, because banana is in a curved, hollow, crescent moon. Mm -hmm. Anytime she sees a moon, like a fingernail, crescent moon, she says, Daddy, look, a crescent moon. It's hollow, like a banana. You know what I mean? So now there's three associations. Uh, Be crescent. If I said be crescent, she would be crescent. Or she would ask, like a moon? Yes. So hollow? Yes. Like a banana. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all association. So I give her the big girl talk and the baby talk until she no longer needs the baby talk. But I'm still going to start with the being hollow. I you know what I mean? It. I'm still going to talk to her like a grown woman. Like, hey, if you don't do this right, you're going to fall into your face and break your neck. Gosh. Ever since she was two years old. Because you got to know the severity of it. It's not just, hey, you can actually get hurt. Daddy won't let you fall. You know that. But don't be up there taking advantage of that. Don't take that for granted. Because the second you go fly on someone else and they're not paying attention like daddy, you're going to hit the ground. You got to know that's a possibility. Okay? Because you will break your neck. Mm, I love it. I love it. Let's talk about... Something that you don't really talk about a lot. A lot of people see your social media, and I'm sure you have these types of conversations all the time around parenting, childhood, you know, how do you raise. But your financial advisor, when you look at 9 out of 10 uh, videos that you post, they have nothing to do with wealth, with money, with IRAs and, and 401ks. Why did you decide that you wanted to become a financial advisor, especially because th- that's a little bit of the slow lane? Right. Whereas it seems like everything of what you've done has been more in the fast lane. I've wanted to go out and wanted to take action, social media, a million followers. But the financial advising, it takes a very long time. And a lot of the times you're having those not only uncomfortable conversations, but you're having boring conversations about estate planning and things like that, that especially for the younger generations, they don't want to hear that right now. So where did the love for financial advising decide to come from? The number one financial advising is from a fulfillment standpoint and being that positive impact. If my, if the number one most impactful person in my life was my own advisor, mm-hmm. why not? And if I know the power of that relationship, why not go be that for others? I have such a large platform to where I can be that for a lot of people, which I kind of took off with the, with my business. I, what I sailed up the ranks just because I have so many connections and I'm able to help so many people with my platform. I don't post about it because I don't need to, in a sense. And let's say if I do post about it, okay, I get a thousand people reaching out to me. My team isn't that large to where I can service a thousand people in a week. Uh, So I'm just taking it slowly, working with who I want to work with, people who care about their families, business owners, people who don't have that literacy, uh, people who ask me, hey, what would you have done whenever you were this age? Okay, I can guide you from that standpoint. Where should I put my money? Where are the best tax advantages? Uh, What if I, how do I get to the point where I can leave a legacy behind for my kids? Uh, Retirement planning, long-term care planning. Uh, That's where I find fulfillment. I'm at a very fortunate I'm in a very great situation where uh, the years of working hard have made it to where I don't have to work much right now. And so with my free time, I'm not, I'm not just going to post on social media and just be a full-time influencer, content creator. No, that's kind of shallow in a way. And I can provide more impact to the world and provide more value to the world. So I choose to do it with financial planning. I love it. Let, let's talk about those hacks, right? Because I know that now you've become a financial advisor and, and you're an entrepreneur as well. And I'd imagine your wife doesn't, does your wife still work? 
Nope. She hasn't worked in what, seven, eight years. That's what's up. So let's talk about what's one of the best hacks that you've found since you've now become a financial advisor over these last couple of years that a lot of people didn't know about, but it's helped you to save more money and also increase your wealth. Permanent life insurance. Hmm. Hands down. People, if you take the life insurance portion out of it, permanent life insurance, of course, has a death benefit attached to it, but you can use the death benefit for long-term care. So with my permanent policies, I have a long-term care clause down the line where I can use my death hold benefit. On, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I do that all this. Okay. Let me slow down. <laughs> Permanent life insurance because you can grow your money in a tax deferred way and access it. Uh, there's face value in cash and it forces you to save. It's more so like a deferred annuity or, uh, an, an annu- let's say a Padilla personal deferred annuity account. Okay. You can have this account to where it's like a vault. You can lock it away for 10 years but you can't touch it for 10 years after you sign the contract, okay? But it's gonna grow in value uh, Mm -hmm. over time, however much percentage. Um, So whenever you access it, of course you're gonna have more, but you can't touch it for 10 years. With permanent life policies, you have access to the money before 10, but it's it's the same long-term engagement to where you really don't wanna touch your money, but if you ever needed it, you can pull it out uh, tax-free and Mm -hmm. use that. Or you can borrow against it and never essentially touch the principal and leave that growing, but if you're gonna borrow against it, let me just calm down. Yeah, you got to pay it back. But if, so I have it in my plan to purchase a beach property. Okay. With my one of my accounts, I have like eleven policies. So hey, you said in your plan. So you're saying like you've set you've set up right now already a three, five, seven, ten year plan. And at every single one of those levels, right? And how do you know when you get to that that level? Like, what's that look like? For, so for somebody that's saying, I'm getting a bag right now in social media, just like he is, right? But I'm not, I don't have the financial information that he has. And I'm hearing about this right now. And you say, I got a plan. And I'm like, okay, well, I don't even know who to go to, but how can I start out on this plan? What does that look like? I meet, for example, I met with the 21 year old. I don't typically take on 21 year olds because they have uh, shown to be a liability many times. But I have this one guy, he's a nail tech um, out in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, I believe. And he is 21 years old, but he has $6,000 discretionary each month. He has no clue what to do with it. I'm like, hey, I want to take you under my wing because if I get you now and if I can keep you on track um, and hold you accountable, you will never have to worry about money for the rest of your life because I know everything that you don't know and you haven't had a chance to mess up yet. Hmm. You know what I mean? So once I get someone like that, they have no clue. So I teach them along the way. But at that point, it's all about trust. Yeah. But if you look at my page, although I don't talk about finances, you see that I am a hard worker. I Thankfully, we have a lot of nice things which really don't matter. But you have to do something to get those things. Uh, very much family oriented. Uh, very much about spending quality time with my kids. So you kind of get this aura of who I already who I already am, although you don't really see the real me. Um, so I don't talk about it on there uh, very much, but you can see that I've done something right financially. Um, but if you're a young person coming to me or just a person in general, you got to start with the basics. Okay, what is the, if you can think of it as a pyramid, uh, what is the bottom of the pyramid? You need a good foundation for a home before you lay the bricks, before you do the, the framework. Okay, so you get the foundation, make sure that nothing can wreck your financial picture. The only three things that can wreck your financial picture, you become disabled and can't work. That's why we do 100% full disability uh, up until age 70. Uh, You stop working. Why would you ever stop working? Or you get fired, okay? So we can knock out two two of those uh, from the get-go. And your emergency fund. With the current amount of money you have, how long can you sustain your current lifestyle? Hmm. I ask people that every single day. The first question I ask, with the current amount of assets you have, how long can you maintain your current lifestyle? 
And what's the what's the average answer? Some people will say one day. Some people say one month. Some people will say. But on average, years. what do you see? Like one it's month. So it's so. What I'm asking is, do you feel like most people are financially illiterate? So they don't, one, they've never asked themselves that question, but two, because they've never prepared. So so as a financial advisor, you would say you probably should have how much? Four to six months. If anything were to wreck your, let's say some, some whenever I wreck my motorcycle, I only had one month, one and a half months, but I had no disability coverage. If I had a disability policy at, I don't know, $50 a month, maybe it would have covered all my finances for however long I was out. You know, but I didn't have that, but I didn't know about it. Right. And maybe I didn't know, or my advisor told me to get it. And I said, no, because I didn't think I, I thought I was Superman. I thought I was infallible. I thought I was invincible. And then I found out I'm not invincible. So then after that, I don't ever want to be in that situation where I only have $700 and I can't work. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm waiting for a phone call from the cheer gym to say, Hey, we need you back. And luckily the lady called me when I was on my last $700, but I didn't have to drain three, $5,000 like that. I didn't have to drain all that money. Uh, but I wasn't financially literate and I had a weak financial profile, a weak foundation that led to everything else I was trying to build crumbling down. You want to get it to where nothing can wreck your financial picture. So we start there, Hmm. get yourself covered from, do you have kids? Okay. Do you have the ample amount of death benefit in the term policy to where if you were to unfortunately pass away, God forbid, are they going to be okay for a sustained period of time? No. Okay. Let's tackle that. Do you have your DI coverage? No. Okay. Let's tackle that first two things. I don't take on clients who aren't going to be responsible in that aspect because I can't make any promises after that. Something can wreck your financial picture and I don't want to have to go back to your family and explain why they have no money or why they can't sustain because we didn't do something way back when we could have just knocked it out. So hopefully I answered your question right there, but we start from the bottom and then slowly as we build the relationship, we start talking about, okay, how do we grow your investments? How do we get the wealth accumulation? Okay, how do we get to that phase? After a while, you want to talk about, okay, now I'm retired or now I'm inching towards retirement. How do you want to receive the annuity payments? You can't pull from your 401k until you're 59 and a half. So what are we going to pull from? Some people don't even understand if you make more than 150, 155,000, you can't contribute to an IRA unless you own a business or a Roth IRA at least. But if you own a business, if you have an LLC uh, per se, you can do a SEP IRA, okay, and fund it that way, but you still can't touch it until 59 and a half. So what, if you want to retire early, let's say 50, what's going to get you from 50 to 59 and a half in the most tax efficient way? Because your 401k, if you pull out early, 10% penalty, and you're going to be taxed on that amount, you know? So a lot of things, we're, now I'm just talking. No, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. And I think somebody <laughs> right now, they're getting a lot of value out of this, right? So they're looking at, okay, what are my options? They're being exposed to the information that maybe back in their hood or maybe in their household, nobody else is telling them about that. So now it's enough for me to even reach out or just get on YouTube and be able to uh, search. You know, if I'm 45 years old and I've just started a business and I'm coming up on that 50, okay, well, I have a business right now. Can I go get that set? How can I start right and so I think all of these things are very very crucial and important and just like you I mean I was never exposed to it so in a back-end way I always love learning about it I mean I have conversations around this but you can never be too financial financially literate right because there's always different codes and things like that and I think everybody that you have in your circle can help you to be able to just get one percent better every single day so I love that let's talk about for you now are you focused on stocks and like do you do your own stocks and investing or do you allow somebody i don't handle my money you don't handle i don't touch my money i don't handle the money i don't handle anything in my life literally 
I have a portfolio manager. He manages my money and the money of my clients' portfolios um, who are qualified for that. Um, and I have an accounting firm who does all my accounting, my bookkeeping, and my taxes at the end of the year. My wife handles all the bill structure for the house because I'm not very organized in that aspect because I'm focused on work. So all I got to do is make sure that whenever the night comes, the first and the ninth, I have enough money in the account for the mortgage. I have enough money in the account for all of my investing, which is I invest for my kids, a lot for my kids. But then again, whenever they get hit 18, 21, they're not just going to get that money. You know what I mean? If Jack's, if my son has a crap problem, you're not about to get that money. No. If you're living a life where you're you have an, uh, an upward trajectory, I have something that will supplement what you're doing. Um, one of my favorite quotes is, and I kind of tweaked it, but weak individuals create, no, let's go. Uh, strong individuals create easy times. Easy times create weak individuals. Weak individuals create hard times. Hard times create strong individuals. It's cyclical, okay? So although I can make it to where my kids don't have to work ever, you're going to work. You're going to figure it out for yourself because for me to have you do otherwise would be would be ignorant on my part, knowing that if you have it easy, what, what happens whenever you go through hard times? Do you know how to navigate? Do you know how to create something for yourself to where all that was wiped away, you could go do it again? No, if not, you got to go figure that out and then come to daddy. I love it, man. Let's, let's talk about, you've talked about a lot of things that I'm sure somebody watching or listening right now is super inspired by, including me. Uh, what inspires you though? Like when you turn for inspiration every day, is it the Bible? Is there a podcast, a YouTube channel? Who inspires you or even what inspires you? The best version of myself. I, I, and, I, and I love that, right? And I think we can align on that. But there's still somewhere that you tap into when all of a sudden you're not feeling at your best, right? And you're feeling like you don't know you've hit a ceiling. You're like, can I do it? Where, where do you turn to? Like, there's, there's somewhere. So uh, keep in mind, the premise will always be the best version of myself okay. because the best version of myself will make things work mm -hmm. but what if i'm feeling down how do i find that inspiration i love reading my favorite book is wake up and live by dorothy brand female okay. author amazing book uh failure is just leverage and at the end of the day um but what about those inspiration or uninspired days where i don't want to get up i don't want to get out of bed i don't want to go work i'm tired of providing for family how about you go make some money Stephanie? how about no i'm tired of the kids no the kids are mad at me because i did something i yelled at them now my it feels like the world's against you where, what what do you turn to? Right. I'm very faith driven. Um, I don't read my Bible every single day, uh, but I do turn to quotes from the Bible. I do turn back to my deeper sense of purpose. I do turn back to uh, who I really am, and I do turn back to just the fact that life is gonna. You're gonna have bad days. Right. And, but like you said earlier, you're gonna have high highs and low lows. But what comes after the lows? The highs. It's cyclical, just like the stock market. If it, it, what must go or what goes up must come down. But what goes down? It's going to come up at some point, right. even if you don't know when. So I really don't have bad days where I sit and mourn just because I have no, I, I cannot complain about anything in life right now, but I do turn back to my faith. I do turn back to my, I have a whole list of books in my phone, audio or, uh, uh, iBooks, highlighted sections. If I'm having a bad day, I turn to that. I turn back to the quotes. I turn back to the, uh, uh, I told the storm, uh, gospel song. You know what I mean? I go right. back to the the foundation of what got me to where I am today and that is having faith and that is uh, working towards my best self. Love it. 
Let me ask, for somebody, uh, well, I used to always ask this question. I think it's a great segue. I used to always ask this question, if there was anything that you could go back and change. And people would always say, you know, I'd never go back and change anything. And I always say, we would always go back and change something. Like for me, I would go back and change losing my mom, right? So I've learned to, to ask this in a different way. And that is, you know, through all of your success, through everything um, that you've learned along your journey, if there was one thing that you could go back and you wish you would have implemented sooner, on your path to where you are today, what would that one thing be? You already know I'm gonna say nothing because I feel that you got to hear where you are today is uh, 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 is every, everything that has happened in your life has gotten you where, to where you are today. And for me to want to you know mess up that process, you already know that standpoint, okay? But to answer your question, uh, my dad had a heart attack uh, about a month ago and we've never had a relationship due to the fact that he never supported us He never did anything for us when he had the means to he always had excuses like oh Well, I just don't know where money comes in my hands and it goes out. Yeah, well you brought us into this earth It is your responsibility to figure that out and I as a man as a father now it just there is resentment but after he had a heart attack Everyone was calling my sister called me. I don't have a very strong relationship with my sister But she called me when I was at a financial planning meeting a conference in Milwaukee We were out playing basketball at 10 p.m. Had a couple beers whatever having a good time sister calls me or and Stephanie has me on the phone She's like it's your sister. I'm like wait what and then she was like she's bawling uh, And she said her dad had a heart attack and he's not doing well and I was like whoa life can go fast I wish I had a relationship with my dad, but I still had that resentment so I didn't call to check on him. I just started getting text messages just for the next week or so uh, about updates on him. And I never once reached out to him to check in on him. And going back uh, about a month ago, I wish I would have checked on him that first night to show that I actually cared. Because I feel that a part about being a man is maturing and letting some things go and just moving forward. Because I don't have a relationship with my dad. And I feel that that's something that I, sh as a man, if I've truly matured, if I've truly made it in this life as a man, a man would have called his dad on his deathbed. Hmm. So you never reached out to him at all. Gotcha. Okay. And, but to answer your question, going back further, I wish I had a relationship with him sooner. I could have been a man, even though he's the older adult, I could have been the person to try to create a relationship. I feel that there would be less resentment and I could have just lived a more peaceful life. Uh, I live a very fulfilled life, but there's just this part where I just don't focus on. I, there's this dark cloud that I just, just try to blow away and it's still there lingering. Um, but I am blindsided. I'm short-sighted by the current and I don't, but then that cloud gets bigger and bigger as time goes on. And so just if there's something you know, be a man. Be And if you're a woman, be a woman. Be a mature individual. Have the tough conversations to where your cloud dissipates. That dark cloud dissipates, gets smaller. At some point, you can't just, and it goes away. I don't have that right now, and I wish I did, but it's due to my inactivity. Man, so powerful, right? And you definitely... You gotta heal for sure, and you, you gotta be able to say what's on your chest, because otherwise it just creates more anxiety for you, because you know in the back of your mind. Uh, so I definitely, man, I, I love that you brought that part up. Me never having a relationship with my dad, I same way, right? But my dad, I, I have times, and I don't know if you do, but I have times when my dad would call me up when I was back in Chicago and be like, "Hey, I'm about to come get you," and multiple times where he just left me on steps, right? Of me like, "Yo, he's he's coming, he's coming," like crazy. So I'll tell you just one story, and we'll 
kind of moved past this, but um, it was eighth grade, uh, never had a relationship. My mom would always call him and be like, hey, Cass is in town, because I'm living in Iowa now, right? So bring back to Chicago, I'm hanging out with family, whatnot, but there was one time that always sticks into my mind, and, and um, basically my mom gets him on the phone with me, and he's like, uh, there's two times that stick into my mind. First time is when I got diagnosed with cancer, and, uh, and I was only three hours away at the University of Iowa, only three hours away, and I remember uh, my mom getting him on the phone, and he gets on the phone, he's like, what's up, shorty? He's like, so your mom tells me you're sick, and three hours from Chicago, right? Three hours from him. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, well, you gonna be all right. You got strong genes. And that was, and that was it. I shit you not. That was it. Never came. Never like, yo, my two weeks away from death, right? And he never came. And then another time, um, I was there, and he had told me when he got done, because my dad had money, real pimp. Uh, had money, had salons inside of multiple J C Penneys. So you're saying real pimp, like yeah, actually, real pimp. Like there's real videos pimp. out there him with the real, real. Pimp. Oh, okay. Yep, slick back <laughs> area, the ponytail, only drove Cadillacs. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, and uh, anyway, so I remember my mom getting him on the phone with me, and he's like, yeah, once I get out of the salon today, I'm going to come pick you up. You know, we're going to go around and take you to see your sisters and, and all of that. And I'm like, all right, cool. And then so this was going into my freshman, this was summer of my eighth grade year, going into my freshman year. Um, and so I remember telling my cousin, because it was a big little party going on, and my cousin's like, yo, you got, you got to come. I'm going to introduce you. I'm like, nah, this is day one. I'm like, my dad said he's coming. She oh. like, man. Don't be listening to that fool. I'm like, nah, he coming. <laughs> like, he's so she leaves, right? He for real. I talk to him older now. It's not like I'm a seven year old boy. So I'm sitting and uh, I mean, I waited out there. I not. I waited out there all night on that on that doorstep. And uh, she gets back home and it's like 11, 11.30. And she, right when she pulls up, she gets out of the car and I, I shit you not, it was just like the movies. She just puts her arm around me. And we just walk into the house and she doesn't say anything she just knows and i was like oh man and that was and then i even tried it again I should, we tried it again five years ago with cj right i go back we're in chicago we got cj now don't need nothing from him or anything i yep. go to see his mom right we, we kind of had we didn't have a relationship but a little bit we go to see her she's like, i'm so proud of you i've been seeing it on facebook you got cj I got my wife julie she everything. Like that too yeah <laughs> It was that. And so I was like, man, I appreciate it. She was like, you know, you got to talk to your dad. He's changed, man. He's like a pastor now. He's wrote a book, got it on Amazon, all this other stuff. I'm like, nah, I'm good. She's like, you got to talk to him. So she gets him on the phone, right? And this is not my mom's passed away. So this was like five years ago. And, um, and uh, he gets on the phone. He's like, yeah, where y'all staying at? We tell him we're staying at the Marriott over here. He's like, all right, when I get done, I'm, you know, I'm going to come see you. Should not. He never showed. But and that goes back to integrity. Like integrity is really just doing what you said you were gonna do. You mentioned that earlier, and it's just like, dang. Uh, how many times? What is it? Uh, fool me once, shame on you. Right. Fool me twice, shame on me. Fool so, me three times. Yeah. The peace sign. Hey. The chopper. Like, hey, no, you. <laughs> dang. Uh, some dark J Cole references. I know, right? <laughs> no, I mean, not definitely. That's not, but. Just like you said, it is that integrity part. I yeah. think that that's a big thing, and I think that that's the thing that we gotta make sure that, especially the younger generations. Well, even your son, like, how are you, how does that shape the way that you're gonna? Are you more cognizant or aware or like hyper aware of how you come across with as far as integrity goes? Like, 
you say you're gonna do something, you're gonna actually do it? Oh, I swear. I got videos. What's funny, at some point we'll, we'll look at those. But there's videos even on my social media, right? Of uh, CJ and I talking about appreciating asset, depreciating asset, integrity, all these things. When he was four, five, six years old, and we still talk about this, right? And we talk about it from a standpoint of he knew he wasn't supposed to be on his phone. He knew he wasn't supposed to be on the game, all those other things. And so it'll be interesting. At some point you'll, you'll meet him and, and have that conversation. But we have it all the time. And I am somebody that, just like you, I talk to CJ like he's grown, right? And the bond him and I have it's it's everything but it's again because that's not what I came from and I know that I have somebody here that has all of the potential in the world he's so smart he's so athletic he's all of that and so it's my job to be able to make sure that he understands all that because I never want him to look back and say what would my dad have said because I left it all out there when we he was knows together. You, okay. He knows. He knows in his mind. We. I mean, I'm at all of the basketball, but that's another reason why I'm so present. Like, that's very important to me. I could be all around the country sharing my story, everything to youth. But for me personally, these times right here for this season that I am in my life, I choose to not travel like that. Right? Because I know I can be paid all day long, $100,000 to share my story with you. But for me, it's so much more valuable for me to be at those practices, for me to be at those workouts. And it's just because of the presence that he'll never have to grow up wondering like, man, if I would have just had my dad, because yes, just like you said, nobody knows when their time's ended, right? It could happen any day, but I need to make sure that I did everything because at the end of the day, I also understand that regret weighs more than failure, right? Failure, I think the quote is failure weighs ounces, regret weighs tons, right? Failure weighs ounces, regret weighs tons. And for me, I never want to get back and be like, damn, what did I go for? I went for the accolades. And I'm just as competitive as anybody else. But that's a big, big thing to me. And I think me being able to show him, that's truly how legacy will live on. Because you can set him up with the trust and, you know, the 529s and everything else. But at the end of the day, once you're gone, will they see you in your seeds? Man, your dad was this, this, and this. Uh, you just like, man, your dad had that integrity. I already knew he was going to show up. Hey, check this out. There's a quote. Um, You'll never see a U-Haul behind a hearse. Right. And I'm like, it didn't hit me at first. And then I was like, wait a minute. That's so true. It's like, what impact do you have on your kids? Like, forget the money aspect. You'll always have money if you want it. But at the same time, with your, if you were to pass away today, do you feel that? And I ask myself this all the time. If I were to pass away, and this is why I'm so present. If I were to pass away... Do, would my daughter have enough information to go about life? Exactly what you just said. What would daddy have said? What my what would my dad have done in this situation? Right. My son isn't there yet. I'm trying to show him. He knows that in the pool, if I throw him in, he's swimming by himself. He's two years old. What would daddy have done if he were in the situation? I would get up and breathe and then start swimming to the edge. Right. You know what I mean? So that's all he knows right now. Um, but I, it is my duty as they start comprehending more to put them on game with every single thing I know. Because if I'm not here, who's gonna do it? I don't want another man doing my job. You know what I mean? I love it, man. We're on the same page with that. This has been a phenomenal conversation, my brother. This is everything that I thought that the conversation would be. And uh, yeah, I do have, I, I like to say that I have very good discernment, right? So you asked like why I brought you on the show. It's one, because you can clearly see that you have a dream. Two, you can clearly see that you execute on that dream. But three, you can tell that you have a passion for helping others turn their dreams into a reality by showing again, what would Roland have done, right? And you're showing it in a multitude of different ways. And so I think that that's where the alignment and the synergy came from to the point that I reached out and was like, yo, bro, I definitely want you to come on the show. And it's just so crazy that we just happen to live 
five minutes can, away. Can I tell them something real quick? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the reason, I have no clue who this guy is, okay? I'm going to keep it real. You popped up in my inbox. We had never spoken before. You said, hey, let's do a podcast. I'm like, okay, let me just, all right. But at the same time, you sent a video to me talking and said, Roland, this is Cass, this is Casanova. And I'm like, I respect the fact that you made an actual video. No one... People neglect that type of communication. Like that's high level communication. That's high level effort. I get messages all the time. Would love to have you on the podcast. Boom. And I'm just like, huh? What's the podcast? I didn't even know what your podcast was whatsoever. <laughs> Not in a bad way. It's just like no, I, I don't. You. I don't. I, I just work all day and do what I need to do. I don't really listen too much to podcasts or know what's even happening in the world because uh, I'm just so hyper focused. But I didn't even care what it was. You sent me a video. Let's do it. You know right. what I mean? The fact that you went the extra mile to do something that small. And then I saw there's a mentor that I have, a wealthologist, uh, B. Ford, Brian Ford out in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, very high level uh, individual in our company. One of the top advisors and black advisors in the nation. Uh, he was at the same event you were at. So once I saw that and you sent a video, I was like, let's go. I put two and two together. I'm like, okay, he's wanting to further his knowledge and finances or else you wouldn't have been at that event. Right. Number two. You spoke so eloquently in the video. Number three, you sent a video. Like we live in a world of just digital. You can't text a tough conversation. And you sometimes should not text some things and have that be the the, the end all be all. You went the extra mile and that's why I decided to come. And I think this conversation was fantastic. Man, I appreciate you, my brother. The last thing that I want to end on for somebody that's out there that they say, hey, you know what? Um, I don't even have the startup way he has. Like I'm not... I'm not, I don't have the $2,300 camera plus the, the MacBook, right? Right. I don't have my dad in my life, but I also don't have my mom that's speaking life into me as well, right? I don't have any of that. I'm not big enough. I'm not strong enough. And I'm not fast enough to be able to get what he's done. Well, let me ask you, what would you say to that person to get them to just take action? I would ask them why and keep asking why, then ask why again. Because if you can get down to someone's why, if you can get down to what your why truly is, which is going to require tough conversations, and if you can stay true to your why, you can never fail. And then it's more so about guiding. Like my whole financial business, it's not even much about the finances. Half the time we're talking about 5Ks and what we're going to do, like vacations, whatever, because we get the financial plan, boom. Now what? Nurture the relationship. How can we help each other grow? How can we hold each other accountable for things? And if you stay true to the why and find someone who's going to stay true to you as you're seeking out that why, as you're going on this journey, you can't fail. You know, you're going to be the the average of the people you keep around you. They say five closest. I don't even keep five people around me. So you're going to be the average of whoever you keep around you. So are they helping you elevate? Are they holding you accountable to staying true to your why? Or are they just letting you go about life, just making random decisions? Because if they're just doing that, you need to get them out of your life and find someone who's going to push you to be a better version of yourself. Could be a mentor. It could be the random person that you see at the coffee shop, whatever. Find someone to hold you accountable, but you have to hold yourself accountable as well. Gotcha. Well, there you have it, Dream Nation. That's all for this one. I appreciate you watching me and my brother Roland. Remember, you got to take action on something, that dream that you have. And we all have a dream because if not, that dream that you have will only merely be a fantasy. That's all for this one. That's we'll all we got for this episode. Thank you for sticking around. That truly means a lot to me. And hopefully that means that we delivered massive value on this one. If you haven't already, the way that you could say thank you 
to myself and the team is just by heading over to iTunes and leaving a review and a rating. That's what iTunes loves to see. That's how we get out there even more. And I would definitely, definitely be grateful for it. I know the team would as well. Do me a favor and head on over to dreamnationpodcast.com. That's where you're going to be able to find all of the resources that we talked about in today's episode, as well as more exclusive content. And you'll also be able to sign up to our email list where we have more exclusive content. And we always love to hear the feedback from you all because you're our tribe. So remember, in the dream we trust, we'll see you on the flip side.